dog, her name was Jim. Took all of my old clothes with him. Greetings and welcome to Inside Baseball with Old Chestnut. I'm Liam Allen with more sex. How you doing, MB? It's great to see you twice in one week, my friend. It, it is. It's nice. And that's been a long time coming. Uh, it was a pleasure to see you on a gray, dreary Friday. Uh, thank you. Thank you for lunch. Oh, of course. We had a uh, kind of a, um, what would you call that, sort of a executive staff meeting at yes. the Greenwich Restaurant with executive producer Liam Allen talent Morris Sachs and then we had 13 time Emmy winning Emmy award winning producer Ted Shaker there to give us some advice and guidance so, pictures up on the website if anyone cares to see that and that was lovely uh, thank you again for lunch that was uh, fantastic and to be in the presence of someone who has produced multiple Super Bowls so anyone that's going to watch a football game next week uh, the guy, the guy that used to run the show for NBC Sports, or I believe for NBC Sports, I want to give him the correct credit. Uh, lo- took the time out of his day to have lunch with his friend Morris and me and Uncle Mark, and bestowed some of his wisdom upon us. And I can promise the audience that there are things coming in the pipeline that will excite our listeners. You know, um, even before the meeting, I was shocked. We're 100% sold out of every one of those inside baseball with old chestnut robes. They flew off the shelves. Unbelievable. Egyptian cotton. Uh, and, and people know <laughs> no quality. And, and, when they, and there's, there's no better time than they want to associate with us than when they get out of a hot shower. <laughs> uh, so we're having lunch. And, of course, it's four guys sitting at a table to our left is eight ladies who lunch in Greenwich, Connecticut. And just pro tip, you can't listen when you're talking. (laughs) Times eight. You know, um, I think I've mentioned to you that one of sort of the gifts uh, I was given was on a trading floor, I could hear multiple conversations taking place simultaneously. And that was just so helpful because, you know, if you heard that there was a good deal going down, you could kind of get in the middle of it. Um, Unfortunately, sometimes gifts can become a curse because I couldn't help some of these conversations that these people were having. And it just, it was every nuance of 
how they hate their husbands. <laughs> oh my lord! At lunch just, at, at a nice restaurant on a Friday, yeah. uh, popping bottles of champagne and just spewing absolute yeah, venom towards a, their husbands. It's a, it's a beauty. What a great world we live in. Right. Uh, so you know, I think we have a, a, a reached escape velocity. Do you know okay. why I say that? Go on. Because in our competitor um, podcast, Market Huddle, someone sent them a question wondering whether I dyed my hair. Now, um, I don't. Uh, uh, Cheryl uh, tried to get me to dye my eyebrows and my sideburns because I've got some gray. It makes me look a little older. And I, Stop right there. Stop right there. My wife got a real kick out of that. Did she? <laughs> yeah. That Cheryl tried to get me to... Yes. Because my, yeah. my, I'm, so, I'm so stupid. I say, what, what? Like he's going to draw eyeliner on? Like no. he's gonna... <laughs> And I said, Morris would never do that. And she goes, no, you buffoon. He would go down to like a, a salon in Greenwich yeah. and they would, and someone would do it for him. And somebody else asked me, because, you know, after I get a text message, I guess whenever Market Huddle came out, the next day I get a text message saying, so does Morris dye his hair? <laughs> I said, you got to be fucking kidding me. I said, zero chance, zero okay, chance. that this, that he would spend a second considering it, let alone actually doing it but alas these are this is what i i was bombarded so, um, with on saturday so uh, i've got this thing set up don't tell anyone i've got an arrangement with lena because every week they have a section no stupid questions and this week's question is going to be why is inside baseball with old chestnut so much better than the market huddle <laughs> <laughs> so don't tell anyone right I did. Uh, I did listen to a good portion of the market huddle this week, um, but basically because I wanted to hear what they had to say about us. But uh, they asked a question about uh, how to place a, uh, a stop loss order, and um, you know I think they tried to give thoughtful answers, but I gotta call uh, foul a little bit. Okay, it's not a red card. It's a yellow card. Is that how it works in soccer? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. okay. So, um, let's see. Who's the one with the crayons? Patrick, right? That's Patrick. <laughs> um, Patrick talks about how he will place a stop order, but then he also has to make sure the price trades at that level for a certain amount of time just to make sure it legitimately traded through his stop. Because sometimes you've seen you get spikes and and so it makes perfect sense. I'm pulling the yellow card because that was invented by Dennis Gartman of the Gartman Letter LLC. And I have no trouble with them stealing it. I just, you know, it's an old guy. You've, old mentioned guy that You've mentioned him on the show. I like him. And uh, boy, he's been ridiculed at... Uh, Zero hedge and, and, and many trading floors, but I'll tell you something: the guy's a character, and I used to look forward to reading his his uh, newsletter every day, and uh, so I kind of I kind of miss him. Um, we got some feedback uh, about kind of the research concept, and um, I is 
people who've listened before know I like to go back and correct if I make errors or miss things. Um, I still can't believe I thought the Met Gala was the Metropolitan Opera Gala, but I, you know. Um, so vis-a-vis research, I forgot to mention a couple of things. One is hands down the best value for money, the daily shot, okay? hundred bucks, the thing is do not miss. And um, just as an aside, Liam and I do this because we like spending time together. And it's one hour a week where we turn the phone off and we don't get interrupted by this or that. There is no financial incentive in this for us whatsoever. Um, Every uh, piece of broadcast equipment we've paid for, all the software we pay for, all the research we pay for, we don't take advertising. So that gives us the confidence that we can say whatever we want and take it or leave it, like it or not, there's no bias. And and, and I don't know, you feel good about that, don't you? Lockstep. Okay. So um, there is a newsletter that's sort of a private newsletter. And it's written by a man in London or outside of London, Anthony Peters. Now, I have posted with his permission, one of his newsletters. It's up on our website. And if you read it and you like it, the way to get hold of it is, uh, and Liam will give you our uh, email address later, but send us an email with your name, your uh, type of job you do, and uh, email address. And I'll send it on to Anthony, and he'll give you either the yay or the nay. And it's free. It's just, for whatever reason, with British libel laws, he has to vet everyone who receives the letter. So I I think it's terrific. It's free. I came to it because back um, when we could travel, I would be in New Zealand for the gray months. And the man who owned the house we stayed at used to be a futures broker with an Australian firm. I think it was called Alex Moffat. And one of the guys at Alex Moffat, I may not have this exactly right, but it's spitting distance. He would get this letter from Anthony Peters called Good Morning. And I would read it, and every so often they send it to me. And I'm kind of funny about this research stuff. From time to time, I will forward an article or something if I think it's particularly special or unique to a close friend with the please do not forward, okay? But other than that, I'm a believer in, you know, if you want to read the research, you should pay for it. None of this, you know, multiple copy crap that happens way too often. So after a short while, I'm like, I really like this newsletter. I'm going to subscribe. So I, I wrote Anthony an email. And I um, I introduced myself, and of course I, I you know kind of old retired investor 
living on a pension. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fixed, fixed income. Yeah, exactly. Assisted yeah. living. Assisted, exactly. And he wrote back, he, I think he got a chuckle out of it. I mean, certainly he was flattered. And uh, I, I won't say we are, we're, we're uh, lifelong friends, but we've gotten to be good friends. We've co-authored a few articles and uh, we talk with some regularity, which as Liam can attest to, I'm not a guy who talks on the phone. So the fact that I talk to this guy, that I, for me, I find something unique and special. Mm-hmm. So that's a, um, a newsletter that you might find interesting. And, and if, if so, we would be happy to try and put you together with Anthony. Um, one of the listeners, did, did you tell me one of the listeners sent uh, a comment? I believe it was on the website. There was a, there was a con, there was a question or a comment regarding the 13D on the website. Okay, tell me what can you tell me what you said? Yeah, the, 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 they said the guy said he'd been a subscriber of 13D for 20 years. Okay, mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll just read it. Hey, I love the show. Morris talks about research was especially interesting. I agree, it's important to spend money on good research. I've been a subscriber to 13D for decades and have always been impressed with their depth and long term macro analysis. However, their calls have been questionable lately, pushing the likes of Kathy Wood and Danimer, and now they're raising their price by 20%. What do you think? Okay. Okay. So uh, I'm glad I gave you the preamble about how you and I pay for everything, right? So I don't have a dog in this hunt other than. I get to say what I think. So um, as far as I know, they're not raising their price. So, I mean, that yeah. that would be news to me. And um, I think when I mentioned their name, I said it's, it's expensive, meaning a lot of money. Okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. for the, the young guys or gals, uh, you know, I think it's six, seven, eight, ten thousand bucks. That that'll leave a mark, right? So, yeah, it, it, it's a lot of money. I'm happy to pay it. Um, what I would say is, in terms of what do I think, this is how I deal with research. Okay, I read it, and then if I ever find myself drifting, okay. What I do is I stop reading it for two or three weeks. And after two or three weeks, if I find myself wondering what's going on with them, keep the subscription. It's, it's easy enough, right? Um, as far as their calls on the market, okay, they're going to be right and wrong as much as anybody else. If you put a gun to my head, I'm going to say, they're they're more right than wrong, okay? Anybody that looks at a piece of research and requires the research writer to manage a position for them is they're they're barking up the wrong tree, right? Um, Whether they've been right or wrong recently, I'm not here to say. I think they were good on the energy call, they nailed the Bitcoin call. I've been a little disappointed that the gold and the silver haven't done better. Um, my problem. Um, 
but I don't for a moment think of canceling the subscription, which tells me that I think they're value added. Now, uh, here's something that I thought was kind of neat, and and I'll fault them a little bit, okay? Just so, so this is not a love fest. When we were in New Zealand, it's got to be a couple of years ago because everything is a couple of years ago, right? We uh, picked up a bottle of water from a store, and the bottle was made out of like bamboo or I don't know something. Yeah, it was, corn resin. It was uh, on its own. It was biodegradable, and then they had a deal like you could stop by any of their stores, and they'd fill it up with water for you. You know, being cheap, you know. <laughs> Anyway, I thought it was neat. $10,000 on research, free <laughs> bottle of water. He's driving 10 extra minutes. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but I really thought the concept of these biodegradable bottles would, would catch on. And so uh, I wrote the company a note, and I'm like, hey, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm an old retired investor. Cut and paste. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, if you're looking for outside money, yada, 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 and, and, and I never heard back. Okay. Lo and behold, 13D writes a piece. And by the way, I'm not going to guarantee I'm getting any of this right. Okay. This is all from old chestnuts nine. Right. Okay. And for the listeners, you're you're over here in a, a conversation at the bar. So if, if you don't like it, mind your own business, but, or you can, you know, continue along. Okay. Um. One of the reports come, and there's a company they focus on that does this thing I'm talking about, or at least it sounds to me like they, they make this thing. And so I'm like, oh, this is this is pretty good. And so I punch it up, and you know the stock's gone from thirty to fifty, whatever, right? And so you you already know I'm not going to buy. I was it. just going to okay. say, yep. Okay. But I'm like. I'm going to put it on the radar, as Leslie would say, because um, maybe it'll it'll come back down. And um, the one thing that caught my eye about this was that it was in a SPAC. And there's something about the SPACs that I feel like there's a party going on that I haven't been invited to. And so I'm not going to say there's anything wrong with them. I'm just going to say, because of my lack of understanding of them, I've tended to shy away from them. And as of late, they've been kind of a bit of a mess, right? Um, so anyway, uh, the stock, let's say it was 80, and I put it on my watch list, and then it's at 60, and then it's at 40, and then it's at 20, and I think it's at four now or something like mm -hmm. that. And and I don't know how, but I didn't buy it. Mm -hmm. um, so here's my little bit of a fault that they talked about a stock and it went into the shitter. And I never, and they may have done this and I may have missed it, but there was never any uh, contrition, right? And now mm -hmm, look, mm -hmm. I get it. It's, it's human nature. You want to talk about your winners. It's hard to talk about the losers. And I said maybe they maybe they did come back and 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 or or maybe they're going to say it was never an official recommendation. Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. That's fine. It's just the one thing you have to be careful is 
and that I'm not picking on 13D. I'm saying in general with this research, the stuff gets cherry picked. So for instance, the the clown up in Canada that I can't even speak his name anymore, who claimed to now he's claiming he, he top ticked the high. Okay. Right. Sorry. You know, um, that, that's, I guess, why I like talking to you about this stuff. I get to cry bullshit on things, which is, uh, Kevin likes to say, I've got enough street credit that it's not just some mm-hmm. whiny guy. Or maybe it is a whiny guy, but I can get, I can get away with it. So, love 13D. Okay. There was some reference. Uh, did they mention Kathy Wood? Mm-hmm. Can I speak? I, I know I said last week I wasn't going to talk about her, but... Forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. It's been one week since you <laughs> This woman is so over her head. It's like, I look, I'm not going to make fun of her, okay? Uh, because she's just embarrassing herself left and right. And, and by the way, another penance or another confession here. I did look at the Twitter page. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. And somebody mentioned that she was selling her Tesla mm-hmm. to buy the other mm-hmm. crap stocks. Mm-hmm. And the commenter said, this is exactly what Morris Sachs said. So I, I actually hurt myself, patting myself on the back. Okay. <laughs> why, why do I bring up Kathy Wood today? Okay. A couple of reasons. One is, She's trying to raise another fund, okay? Tell me about it. (laughs) Well, (laughs) this one's for illiquid assets. (laughs) And, and, you know, in my mind, you know what's an illiquid asset? When you get a loss in and you can't get out of it. (laughs) You may recall, what did I say about her? Her business model was wrong. It should have been a private equity model and lock up the money and do your thing. Boom. Tell everyone screw, right? Mm-hmm. But no, cuz she doesn't she doesn't know what she's doing. And so now when the fucking wa- water's coming over the the gunwales, mm-hmm. uh, and you know you got 12 foot waves, it's like send more money. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So um this is what just blew my mind. Okay. And this is why I'm never looking at this fucking Twitter thing again. <laughs> that last there's, a picture, <laughs> there's a picture of her and a quote. I think, so I clicked on at Kathy Wood, mm-hmm. right? That's how you get what they say. Well, yeah, I hope you got the, the verified one and not okay. a, a well, scam. The quote is, they think disruptive technologies are going to grow at a 30% compounded rate over the next several years. Um, it, Did I get that right? Uh, it sounds right. It sounds like something, yeah. <laughs> okay. Farce. Let me, let me just explain. As I've said to you ad nauseum, okay, I'm terrible at math. But the good thing about business is the math is easy. You, nothing can grow at a 30% compound rate of return. It's like that, that silly riddle about like the farmer did a favor for the king 
And the king says, what shall I pay you? And he says, um, every day you will give me one grain of rice and it doubles every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, and, you know, yep. like 30 yep. days he owns the kingdom. Yep, okay. 100%. So this woman has had more photo opportunities than Christy Brinkley. And um, I, I just, I'm, okay, have I said enough? Have I said too much? Tell me more about the fund. Tell me, read, read me the the perspective. Can you read me the the perspectives of her? What she, again? Disruptive technologies, I don't right? Know. What's the difference? Uh, okay. It's just, this is this is the thing about like life saving. When someone's drowning, don't go in after them. Throw them a life preserver. Mm-hmm. Okay, she will say anything. Right? Oh, Bitcoin. Yeah. Did she said like Bitcoin's going to be a million in two thousand and thirty? Okay. Yeah, Bob's your mm-hmm. uncle. Yep, and and and, and you're going to make fifty grand a year on your robo taxi when you're not driving your Tesla. You, you know, you're just going to send the car out, right. and it's just going to be a cash the, register. The whole thing's absurd. Right. And you know, I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm embarrassing myself a little bit by just going on and on. Dude, you're reading the news, dude. You, it's it's on the it's in the cover of the Wall Street Journal on Friday afternoon. That Kathy Woods launching a new fund. And then, and then you read the, then you read the story, <laughs> and after you've picked yourself off the floor, what do you do? You ignore it and not talk about it? It's it's fantastic. <laughs> so, I guess one of the things that I feel like what I bring to the table, and what I've always loved about talking to you about stuff is having worked on Wall Street forever. You understand how the things work. And what I like to do is explain my take on things so people can make a better decision. So for instance, what's the coolest thing? Hedge fund, right? Okay. I will go on record saying that it is impossible for you to earn the return that the hedge fund manager claims. It can't, it cannot be. I can give you a whole host of reasons. Yeah, chapter and verse. It's yeah. it's first of all the the calculations are wrong. The there's no tax considerations. Um, the yeah. compounding, it's just it's just like it's just bullshit. And <laughs> I, I'm I, sorry, I, you ran one of these, right? <laughs> I was uh, involved in a couple of them. Okay, but but the the where I learned the most. Was it an investor as an investor? Interesting. So, for instance, and once again, do your own research. But hedge funds they charge a fee: two percent management fee, twenty percent of the profits. Okay. But there's another gimmick in here, and once again, give me some license here. But certain types of expenses that the hedge fund incurs, let's say legal fees. Okay. They pass that through to the investor. So that's not necessarily part of the 2%. And what happens is the way I believe your taxes are done, you don't get a credit on your return for that expense because I think the accountants would say it's like an above the line versus a below the line. Okay. So they got all these little gimmick things built in there that you know, you're not going to know about. There's this whole concept, and once again, shotgun approach. 
uh, I don't know if you're familiar with what soft dollar trading is. Okay. So it's basically um, if you do a half million dollars worth of commission business with me, I'll give you a Bloomberg. Understood. Okay. So, uh, and then, you know, lately I've been uh, really frustrated to hear about all the noise about how much money these guys are getting paid. And you had sent me a really good article from the, I think it was Bloomberg. And uh, let me see if I can find it without knocking myself off the air. But um, the guy in the crosshairs in this one is our old pal, David Solomon. Okay. Just just bear with me. Gonna, th this is worth, this one's worth the wait. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, almost as short a span of your time on Twitter. <laughs> You know, um, don't get old, man. I, I'm having a rough go. <laughs> if I told you what my last five days was like, you wouldn't fucking believe me. Um, I told, you're going to work on that hearing loss like I've been telling you, though. I'm having trouble walking. <laughs> you you, that's, exactly, that's exactly what Cheryl and Lisa did. They're watching me walk, and they're laughing. And, and I'm laughing, too. Can you believe this? Jeez, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I, my back hurts changing diapers. I, you know, I'm changing a diaper, you know, at the wrong angle, and I stand up. But I it's unbelievable. Like if this continues another 48 hours, I'm going to the hospital. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think I said to show, if I start slurring my words, just fucking just, get me to Greenwich Hospital. <laughs> um, you know the article I'm talking about, right? Uh there's been a, there's been so many. Um, Raise an executive pay 30%. We talked about that last week. Um, I want to talk about their diversity push. <laughs> no, just, oh God, I feel terrible that I can't find this thing. So basically, um, I'm going to cuff it. Okay. Oh, oh, oh. Is, are you talking about the one where they were going to give them uh, different ways to make money? That they were the different compensation packages? No. They were going to have creative ways this to compensate was, them? This was, I think... Solomon. Okay, here we go. Okay. David Solomon. I'm reading from a Bloomberg article. DJ Diesel. This says David Solomon. Oh, this, this is not the post. This is Bloomberg. I'm sorry. David Solomon was preparing for a congressional hearing after taking over as CEO. His coach posed a question. Would he be game to pay more in taxes if the government spent it wisely on social services? At first, Solomon fumed. The coach explained that J.P. Morgan's billionaire leader, Jamie Dimon, had publicly said he gladly agree. Solomon's retort? Easy for Dimon to say he's already made his money. Okay. A Goldman spokesman declined to comment. The exchange was described by three people with knowledge of the matter. Okay. So let's, let's, Drill down here a little bit, okay? First and foremost, this is not me taking an axe to Goldman Sachs, okay? I have been private client, and I have been an institutional client at Goldman Sachs since 1987. As Obi-Wan Kenobi would say, oh, long before you were born. <laughs> yeah. Okay. The people there are great. The infrastructure is great. 
they have uh, both on an institutional basis and on a personal basis helped me in all sorts of ways. What bugs me about this, okay, is here's a guy who's angry because he's made less money than his peers, okay, and uh, he's supposed to be a freaking role model for the younger people coming up. So I looked on Wikipedia to test my thesis. My thesis is the reason he's made less money than these other people is because he's, he's, he has no talent. So to back this up, he was a commercial paper salesman at Drexel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I worked on the money market desk at Continental Bank. Okay. I, you can't use the word retard, can you? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> well, let's put it this way. If a firm had to hire the idiot son mm. of a client, mm-hmm. they'd put him on the commercial paper desk. Because this is how it would go. The client would call and they would say, I got $25 million I need to put out for 30 days. And you look up on the board and it would say General Motors acceptance, Ford Motor, blah, 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 General Electric, whatever. And you look over and you look under the 30-day column and you go, I can do five and seven eighths. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, let's do that. And that's what a commercial paper salesman does. I mean, you know. So you know how he got to be the head of Goldman? My opinion, he was the best guy at playing office politics. Go back one second. Go back to five and seven eighths up on the board because you cut out for a minute, all right? Okay. So, it's, so when he looked up at the board, he could say, I got five and seven oh, eighths. Yeah, he said, I can offer you General Motors mm-hmm. for 30 days and the rate's five and seven eighths. That's what he could do. That's what the commercial mm-hmm. paper salesman did. Okay. That's all you're doing is reading off the board and writing in the ticket and putting your little rep Mm -hmm. number in there, right? So Mm -hmm. I don't know. And when I think of Goldman, okay, you think about the people who've had that role, okay? And let's not limit it to Goldman. Let's talk about Wall Street in general. People like Lou Glucksman. Sidney Weinberg, John Goodfriend, mm-hmm. Bob Rubin, Pete Peterson, Schwartzman, right? Larry Fink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, granted, in a in a um, spinoff, DJ Sal is going to blow any of those guys away. <laughs> yep. But what I want to know is why does the board of directors, okay? Have a guy running the firm that is such a public embarrassment. I, I don't get it. And by the way, this is once the again stock pri- the stock price, right? Yeah, exactly. That's right. Because the stock price got up to four hundred, and no one's screwing with it. But you know, that ain't gonna last forever. And you know, you had asked me this question last week. If something happened to him. 
there's probably only 40 people at that firm that could jump into that role and fill that slot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. have I beat that horse dead? No, 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 absolutely keep, not. Keep you, going. You very- <laughs> Somebody sent me a picture of DJ Sal spinning. You know this person. I won't oh, say of course. Yeah, yeah. It said, just go buy a fucking Corvette for Christ's sake. <laughs> Well, you know, it must be there. It must be, it must be some uh, some sort of thing for guys in power because our former president also DJed this weekend at Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> okay, Fuck so it. I didn't get invited. Yeah. yeah, I can't. I'm surprised that you weren't invited, and I'm also, but I, I just makes you wonder about like you know if you're some kind of, you know. I don't know what the right way to describe it is. You know, there's something about that. You know, I want to go into the DJ booth and force my musical tastes upon the crowd. Okay, so there's yeah. something a little weird about. They'd probably it. go in there with the crystal meth and the and the <laughs> and the and the big knife and they go oh, stop. You know, one up. Okay, stop. Let's talk about the market. Do you want to okay. talk about the market? You want to talk about Raphael Bostic? <laughs> I came up with a phrase about the Fed. You ready for this? I'm trademark MB Sachs. Okay. The Fed's new mantra: walk loudly and carry a small stick. <laughs> Bostic walk. I mean, b- oh, please. Okay. First of all, I'm not going to let him annoy me because I'm. He just talk, he talks a lot. Okay. He's become the mouthpiece for the yeah. Fed. But like you have said, ages ago, he's a he's a non voter yeah okay so he can say what he wants and he can use his persuasion and influence and he can he can put all the sound bites out there but he's a non-voter That's just, what it comes just to, to put a little top spin on that there's one vote okay as that famous philosopher stalin said it doesn't matter who votes it's who counts the votes mm-hmm. Amazing. so uh i'll tell you what they beat the living crap out of the front ends, okay? Even to the point, like, I think the two-year note, I had to double-check this. I'm not sure I got it right. The two-year note yields, like, 210 or something like that. That's a real number. Yeah. 210 is a real number. Yeah. And so um, I think I said at the end of last week I had thought about buying puts on the close on Friday, mm-hmm. and I, I think they would have run them up my ass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Which some of the best trades I've ever done are the ones I didn't do. 100%. What I would like to come back to, boy who cried wolf, okay? Um, a number of these things that I look at are all going the wrong way for the stock market. So you've got... Every central bank in the world, maybe except for China, tightening. Okay. A number of Fed watchers, including uh, the prognosticator of prognosticators, David Zervos, thinks the Fed will start selling assets from its portfolio. Okay. Big deal. That's a big deal. Okay. And then there are some other uh, less obvious things. One of these research pieces I read, uh, Gave Cal, mm-hmm. he did a nice study. Oh, and by the way, Kathy Wood predicted oil was going to be $12 a barrel. 
<laughs> she must have meant a gallon. <laughs> There's 42 gallons in a barrel, Kathy. Dude, did I send? I sent that to you, right? Did I send that I to you? <laughs> I don't even bother anymore. Um, what was? Who was I bashing? You were talking about Zervos was saying that okay. the Fed's going to sell yeah. off. Their, so the yeah. Fed's going to be selling assets to get the balance sheet down because, as he pointed out. They have to normalize everything. They just can't normalize the balance sheet. They just can't normalize the funds rate. They got to kind of do everything. And What is and, Define normalize. Well, so the, a normal funds rate right now should be something, you know, mid to high twos. Uh, Kevin put out a piece about a Taylor rule, which I never bothered to pay any attention to. But – a normal funds rate in this environment should be something with a two handle. Okay. Let's say between two and three percent. Okay. The Fed's balance sheet is some number, and I'm going to pretend I'm that woman who worked for the Energy Department when they asked her how many barrels of, of a oil. Lot. <laughs> how many <laughs> barrels of, of oil does the U.S. use every day? I don't have that number in front of me. <laughs> the intern on that. Um, I don't know what their balance sheet was. X number of months, years ago, but it's ginormous. Ballooned. And it, it fucks up the money markets and repo and stuff. So they need to start to, to run that. Okay. Down. Okay. And so you can look at a number of charts that show the Fed's balance sheet and the equity market. They go up hand for hand. Yeah. Or, or step for step. Yeah. Perfect overlay. Yeah. So you have that kind of thing. Then I was talking about Gave Cal, right? He did a very nice study of the cost of energy as it relates to the Schiller price earnings ratio. And uh, I, there's, if I could, if I could only work this iPad, I could give you a quote of what he said. Mm-hmm, but he mm-hmm. basically said he thinks we're in for like seven years of flat equity markets. Once again normalization of price earnings ratios. They operate in a band. The Schiller price earnings ratio, I, I think it's in the, the high 20s. That needs to be in the low 20s or the teens. Okay. Yeah. So that's working the wrong way. And I, I apologize. I'm just discombobulated today. I have so many things that are going through my mind. I'm having a hard time kind of focusing on it. The one thing I really want to get to is you have all these central banks tightening. So I think given the economy debatably is slowing with the central bank tightening, both in terms of raising the funds rate and selling assets, okay, I think you have a very solid chance of seeing an inverted yield curve. So what is, what's that mean? I, there's the simple example, which is the short rates are higher than the long rates. And what you will read at every you know, newspaper guy telling you that it's an indication we're going to have a recession. Okay, great. Here's the money shot. Inverted yield curves fuck things up. And there's a host of examples in history of people not anticipating and preparing for an inverted yield curve. So 
I'm guessing it was in the late 1980s or early 90s, there was a, a primary dealer. I think it was, it was either Citibank or Chemical Bank. And their curve model didn't allow for the possibility of an inverted yield curve. And so they had this book of securities and they realized they fucked up and they took a $300 million hit to the bottom line. So uh, other things happen which are bizarre. So you're familiar with uh, futures contracts, right? Mm -hmm. Well, future is the future. Okay. And these futures contracts have rules. And without rules, we live with the animals. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So one thing that I saw early in my career would be as you went into invert a curve, the delivery date on the futures contract changed. And people didn't expect that. And it caused all sorts of problems. Okay. And, and now that we're in this world where everything's computer code and AI, that curve can invert. And I'm guessing the programmers down in India that they're paying 20 bucks an hour haven't really built that into their model and you're going to get crazy things. Remember last week I mentioned to you how the um, muni funds, mm-hmm. they have like one third leverage and yep. when the, okay. So that's just one of dozens of examples of problems I think are going to develop. And so you combine the slowing of the economy both because of the, the natural, you know, mm-hmm. slowdown of, of what's happened with the pandemic. Yeah, lost momentum. Yeah. Okay. The a lot of the growth that people are expecting is from the consumer because consumer wealth has been greatly elevated because of the rise in the stock market mm-hmm. and the rise in home values. Well, if Gave Cal's right and the stock market goes down, and if my brother who's like, oh, he's here, he was here this weekend. Like he's jonesing for the market to open so he can sell some more, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, and once again, I said, you know, this is a guy that's been dyed in the wool. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I just think you're setting yourself up for, I wouldn't call it a perfect storm, but there's going to be some, there's going to be some problems. And uh, will that impact rate hikes? Not for a while, because that Powell put, according to Bridgewater, also known as cash is trash, <laughs> uh, they think the Powell puts, you know, 30% lower. And I, what, what did I guess? Yeah, you were, you were, I thought the, you said 30, 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, I want it to go down. I want to buy it. I want to buy it because I'm tired of trying to, you know, rub two nickels together and because you know in the long and short it is I, you know i'm supposed to be this genius investor and you i i'm 100 certain when i say this i've had great trades i've had bad trades the whole thing i know for sure if all i did was stick to money in the fucking spooze <laughs> etf i'd be right where i am now and 
maybe I would have had a few drawdowns along the way, but I didn't have a whole lot more time. (laughs) (laughs) That's aggravation. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. So come to mama or papa. That's it, folks. Just buy the SPY. That's the whole. Th- that's the whole point of the whole show. If you just want to be safe and and have time with your family okay. and 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 not and not not have to listen to this show on Sunday night and worry about what's going to happen on it, just buy th- an index fund and don't look at it for twenty years. This is going to sound like an assholic comment, and so I'm going to apologize in advance. Okay. If you're the average guy, right? You want to try and beat the market, good on you, okay? I'm just going to tell you that there's guys out there with more money, lower cost of execution, faster hands, more experienced. If you think you can beat them, go for it, okay? Uh, You're never going to beat the compounding. It's just never going to happen. I've tried. And I think I've done a really good job, okay? But I, I, I didn't beat the, the frickin' index. Mm-hmm. There's no way I beat the index. That's, and, isn't that the beauty of it? Well, that's the thing. It's like swim with the, with the, with the, tide, the tide or the, the current, yeah. right? You were, you were talking about those hedge funds, and they were just they, – all they do, you know, they – I saw an, a, a bunch of wonderful charts about here. If you put your money in the SPY – or if you put, or if you gave it to your hedge fund, and I mean the list is just astonishing. So, so here's the assholic part of the comment. Okay, I'm a big believer in the ETF thing. Okay, whatever you do with your money, it's your business. Okay, you worry about you, I'll worry about me. But the one thing I will tell you is, if you get above a critical mass, and let's say you're lucky enough and you can put. Three million, five million together. That's when you want to go seek out a private wealth manager, because once you get to that number, there are more things you can do to increase your wealth that uh, are going to be accretive, and these are the people that are going to help you access that kind of information. So, as I said before. You know, I've worked with Goldman, okay? I worked with uh, Morgan Stanley a little bit. Um, that's pretty much it. And I'll tell you, the, the, the people- Two decent shops. <laughs> yeah. But the people at Goldman, it's it's crazy. Yeah, they you've just, always said that. They're just, they're so fucking good. Yeah. Don't and, you have a woman? Isn't there a woman that you deal with on a regular basis? Well, okay. There used to be a woman there named- Noreen Harrington, the Irish woman, who, yeah, who who left, and she actually ended up being like a Madoff whistleblower. Mm. Oh, that what really? Yeah, yeah. You can Google her. She's like legit. That, she was okay. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when you talk about salesmen that I I've liked, she was the benchmark. Noreen Harrington. I don't know where she is. If she's out there in Radio Land listening. <laughs> Let's go, Bruce. Let's go, I, Bruce. I did, I did good, Noreen. Yeah. And then um, Anthony Peters was a salesman at uh, Bank America. And there was a fellow, I think his name is Andy Wilkes. I think his wife, 
Marcy might have worked with us at Greenwich Capital. Once again, old man, mm. this kid, I used to be on his like Bloomberg distribution list. This kid knew what he was doing. Interesting. Um, and then, of course, the Dash Rip Rock from Liar's Poker. Yep. yep. Hands down, best government bond salesman in the world. Yeah, you've said that. Yep. Uh, after that, you know, it falls off, falls off pretty mm-hmm. quick. So. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of running out of steam here, bud. How you been? You just exhausted? Bored? No, I, no I, I, I think, I think I fucked something up. Come I, on. No, I'm serious. So here, you, listen to me for a minute, okay? So we did the Leadville 100, okay? A month later, I went with Travis and Marty and did the Whitney Gilman Ridge, which at one time hardest climb in the United States. Okay, I come home from that. I can barely walk, right? Literally, yeah. I have to sit down to pee. Like I can't, okay, that's how bad, okay. Wow. So then, keeping in mind, I go for a bike ride, crash, stitches. And so this is how I get treated in my house. I was trying to explain to Cheryl, like, why I might have fucked something up. (laughs) And I'm going through the fact that I crashed and I broke my wrist. And she says, you didn't break your wrist. I said, I've got, I've got the, the radiologist's yeah, report. It yeah, says fracture. She goes, well, it's not like you had a cast on it. Oh, wow. Missing your injury. Here's a great trivia question. I've gotten stitches twice in my life. I was riding with this person both times. Come on. Can you name that person? It's got to be Big E, right? <laughs> Jason Tullis. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, there's no pity. There's yeah, no yeah, pity no, in no, his no, eyes. Not from him. No, no it's like, God, no. Okay, well, I guess <laughs> yeah. we're going to ride five miles out of here. Okay. Yeah. Both times. So what? What are you just, you're just banged up in general? I think that, so the last thing, if you'll remember MB gets lost in the woods. Yeah. I went over the bars, landed on my back and lost my cell phone. Yeah. I, I, I think I've just reached my sell by date. Have you con- considered like a vacation where you do nothing for like two weeks? I don't. Can know. you do that? I, I don't you? know. I don't know how to. Because you that. used to do that in New Zealand, like you I would know. go away and you had like two weeks of like lush green paradise. Um, Every time I think I get I, out, they pull me back in. Right now, now it's four forty-five emails to me about what God, what God only knows what's going on. I, I think I got a pinched nerve. That's okay. And, yeah. And uh, but yeah. I, like literally, what'd your rolfer say? What you get? You, I'm, I'm seeing him on Tuesday. Okay. Like, thank God, because I, I, I know he will take one look at me, get me on the table, and 45 minutes later, I'll be the old MB. But okay. I, it's I'm I must have pinched a nerve or I got a, a disc out or, but um, Jeez. there's no sympathy around here. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing. <laughs> it's fucking nothing. <laughs> the truth is that's that's how it's supposed to be. Inside baseball cast at Gmail. Um and anyone that wants to email the show and 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 knows why I played the opening song tonight, I'll send you a hat. All right. So I, I'm I'm done getting beaten down for my <laughs> fish. Okay. I spent the whole weekend and getting hammered for my shitty music in the Did beginning. You hear they were trading 30 second calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. There's a campaign to skip it. All right. So 
So you're going to get ahead. more. The fish will continue until morale improves. Okay. No, no. Or <laughs> we get signed to that big deal that we've been talking. You're about. only cheating yourself. Right. right? Exactly. Remember that one? Yeah, exactly. So all those songs have a very specific reason, or there's a message in them. Okay. This is not just me cranking up the old iPhone and and blasting away here. All right. There's always a little message like that. We've had the golden years, and there's always a little correlation. So whoever figures out why I sent this to, and this will require a little bit of of creativity or crossover interest into our friend shows, but there's a, it's really easy. So if, if you can come up with it, you got a, you got an inside baseball hat. I'm not sending you a robe for this. Okay. <laughs> next, next week we'll have a legit. Okay. We'll have a legit trivia question about like, you know, what architect designed Morris's house. <laughs> See, so next week, you know, what's going to happen at the market huddle. They're going to open the show with Lena modeling a robe that says Market Huddle on it. They know we're coming for them. Hey, I gotta, I just before we, we quit, we've either mm-hmm. hit the ball out of the park tonight or we have jumped the shark. Or both. What do you think is going to happen on Monday? Are we going to have more 2% up and down days? Yes. yes. Okay. Yes. That, yes. That's the new normal. We're going to be yes. down down. We're going to be down 2% by 10.30, and then we're going to close. I'm not going to say it's amazing. Be, uh, right, right, what I'm right. going to say is thy name is volatility. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's here to stay. Yeah. Excellent. Which, I, by the way, it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All right, pal. Thank you very much. Great to see you. Take care. I'll see you soon, buddy. I hope so.